Greetings. Welcome to a Simran Forsland. Rob Simpson here. John Forsland in Habland. What a great place to be. Special city, special building, my favorite building um, on the road. And certainly, uh, you know, everything that's attached to it. So if you have any tradition behind you, you understand what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you should really, if you're a new fan, you should actually uh, research this and research the history of the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, there's a lot of mystique that means an awful lot here. The old Montreal Forum. And then, of course, Bell Centre, which uh, having done a number of games there at ice level over the years, um, every game's a rock concert. It's just... Yeah. The energy, the feeling, it's unbelievable. So, in other words, the Kraken, who are on a four-game road trip, wrapping up a four-game trip, will have their work cut out for them. Before we get to that, though, it's a quickie today. We're doing 14 minutes after we talk about, in honor of 14 minutes, our favorite number 14s, John Forsland, man, myth, scholar, gets to go first. I go with Dave Keon. I think that's a 14 that... Uh, stands out for me, great Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, original NHL Hartford Whaler back in 1979, first roommate of Ron Francis's back in the day, 18-year-old Ron Francis, first training camp. Um, he controlled the remote, as Ronnie said, in the in the room, <laughs> and that was the end of that. But he was a terrific player, and it was too bad that it's kind of an unceremonious departure from the Leafs organization there and some bitter years. They tried to bridge the gap a little bit and bring him back and attach him to their rich history. But for me, he was a complete player, great scorer, but in all facets, an outstanding center. By the way, you will be happy to know, John, uh, I was at the Hall of Fame festivities. And I was at the Shindig post-induction upstairs, and uh, Mr. Keon did show up and was wandering around. Mm -hmm. So in recent years, since they finally decided to retire numbers instead of honor numbers, which they shared... Yeah. Yeah, uh, he has worked his way back into the fold, and uh, Mr. Keon was present at the little uh, meet and greet type thing uh, in the Great Hall following the induction this year. So that was kind of cool to see. Uh, Brendan Shanahan popped into my head. Mm -hmm. Here's another guy who was a Red Wing and a Hartford Whaler, of course, from our youths from when we were Ute. And yeah. um, it's not going to happen again. I have an unbelievable appreciation for a guy who has 600 goals and over 2,000 penalty minutes. I mean, a very complete player. But he's not my choice. My choice is a different Red Wing from childhood, Nick Libet. Now, oh, wow. Yeah. The reason yeah. I picked Nick, Nick Libet, they were very bad teams in the mid-'70s. Um, he was my probably my favorite player on a very bad team. I like Jimmy Rutherford, the goaltender, as well. Mm -hmm. They're uh, great friends. Yeah. And – they just struggled. They stunk. And I actually did a Red Wings book about a decade and a half ago or a decade ago and called Nick Libet, called about 40 guys. And I had this special memory that he remembered. Sabres were really good then. And Dennis Hextall won a draw in the final 15 seconds of a game. Libet took off up the boards. Hextall threw the puck up the boards. Libet picked it up, ripped a shot, I believe, past Don Edwards. And the Red Wings picked up a point for tying the Sabres, which is a, a team that basically just kicked their ass every other time they played them. So it was like a big deal. And I was like at home watching, just freaking out. And I had the conversation with him. He goes, I remember that play. And he described the face off and described the play for him. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, Nick Libby. Yeah. Okay. Good guy on a bad team. Yeah. 
Well, I don't want to call the Kraken a bad team, but they're going through some bad times. And if if you want to start, I want to start that timer. If you want to start, the, John, talking about just not being able to light the lamp. Yeah, we keep uh, you know beating our heads up against the wall here watching this. It's 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 hard. Efforts there, there's no question about it. Um, lineup is you know in flux because of injury. There's no doubt about that. With that being said, um, there appears to be shot volume. There doesn't appear to be enough traffic in key areas to make it miserable on a goalie or get to second or third bucks. Uh, whether that's will, I don't know. That's up to the players. Whether it's um, structure or offensive design, that's up to the coaches. Um, but they're going to have to figure out, you know, a way to play on a consistent basis, which hasn't been there the entire season, if we're fair. And inconsistency is the one word that I use often to describe what we see. Because with inconsistency comes uh, great efforts and great victories. And there have been a few of those. And then there's been those games where you just can't cut it. You're just not there. And, uh, you know, the trip gets off to a really disappointing start in Chicago. That's the one they'll kick themselves about. Yeah. And you go to Toronto and there's nothing wrong with the dig out. And it's a shootout loss. And you get to a shootout and that's a flip of a coin. And it's even hard to call it a loss, really. You just lose a point. You move on. And then you get to Ottawa and they're playing on a back-to-back, they being the Senators. You don't really, you know, push them into a point where they're uncomfortable. They were fairly comfortable and so were the Kraken. So you kind of went through the first period like that. And that's just a, that's a bad recipe. Take a couple of penalties. Next thing you know, there's uh, unfortunate occurrences that lead to both goals. Yeah. But that's what happens when you kind of play uh, in that in that vein where you're just not pushing the other side. That's what I was surprised about Saturday night in Ottawa. The fact that the Kraken did not come out and to me appear ready to push it, to push a team that had to be more fatigued to kind of take your road trip and swing it in your favor, take some positive energy to Montreal. That didn't happen. So they're in a position by taking those two penalties in the first period, attacking zone situations. Um, you know, that's that's not good. That gets the other team in the field, you know, gets them in a position where they feel OK, that we're at home. Hasn't been going good. We've lost three in a row. We got a chance to win this game. That's what happened. It's too bad. Yeah. You mentioned the penalties, um, you know, 100 feet away, 180 feet away from your own net. Those are killers, especially on the road and especially for a team that's snake pit sort of and can't necessarily overcome i mean they, they were very happy with themselves in toronto having overcome the two goal deficit and getting to the shoot because yeah. it was a pretty good performance but there are yeah, no, but the first, moral but, victories. no and the first period was not i mean you allow 17 shots against in the first period in toronto and philip grubauer is at the top of his game thank goodness right and that's a good goalie performance that's spoiled by a shootout loss so you know, you get in the, the 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 conversation simmer of positive look out viewpoints and negative viewpoints. There really, for me, there's no such thing. It's it's a, a realistic view of what it is. And for the Kraken to kind of write this thing and to make good on the homestand, the first of all, you got to somehow take care of business in Montreal. If they do that, um, consistency and a long homestand, it's either going to bite them again or it's going to help them get in a position before the holiday where they're still in the neighborhood of the, of, of the situation in the West, which they should be. I mean, it looks like there's going to be a barrage of teams, you know, scratching and clawing, but uh, the way Edmonton is starting to surge, you know, you might be in a, in a conversation with six other teams for one spot before long. 
there's still a lot of runway here. It's not, not certainly it's only third of December. You don't start panicking at this point, but it's real. So it's, it's time. It's time to address it. Yeah. And Calgary's kind of fixed things, even though they lost last night to the Vancouver Canucks, they mm -hmm. have played better. So there's another team that we expected to be in the mix that will be yeah. in the mix. Right. And then you have the, you know, then you have St. Louis and Arizona and Nashville, you know, Minnesota with a coaching change, you know, how much life are they going to get? You know, so there, there's going to be a, a collection of teams, you know, vying for the same thing. But again, for the Kraken on the positive side, you're still in the thing. You're still in the neighborhood of the cut line and you got to keep uh, taking it game by game. We often hear coaches remind us that hockey is a game of mistakes. You mentioned the two plays, Matty Beneers slips and falls in his own end, kind of trying to cycle out, kind of curling out of his own end, falls, coughs up the puck in front of his own net. There's a goal. And then Joey Decord behind his net, fumble puck, and it's in his net again. It's that simple. And they're not scoring to overcome it. They're not getting depth scoring. Is there anyone in particular? We we can start with Matty Beneers because he's a guy we've talked about before. We thought he was kind of coming out of the, coming out of the slump because he was playing well defensively and that carried over offensively. But still, it's pretty streaky and there's some gaps there. And, and maybe it's the line combinations. Maybe it's the fact Dave Haxtell's just had to continue to juggle and the injuries are factoring into this. Well, I think it, I think injuries will factor in. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. You know, I know that. That Dave likes McCann, Beneers, Eberly. Yeah. Eberly and Beneers have had a nice synergy, you know, in their lifespan together, right? So that's that's okay. But it might be time to kind of look at different scenarios. You know, does Bjorkstrand deserve a chance to move up a little bit? Maybe he can play with Beneers and maybe there's something there. Um, there aren't too many teams in the league, depending on how you look at the lineup structure of the Kraken. You know, is Beneers the first line center? Uh, it appears that way. Um, or is Gord's line the top line? Because Gord's line with Tolvanen and Bjorkstrand play the most together and have. At home, certainly see key defensive matchups. You know, is that the first line? I think as they lined up in Ottawa, that probably was based on Schwartz being out and where the lineup is. You got a call up in student each playing with Wenberg and a returning guy from injury in Tanev. And that's one line. Then you have the Beneers line, uh, but maybe you're going to have to move the pieces around to help Beneers out because to be fair, I don't think he is where he should be. It, 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 it comes and it goes, right? So it's in, and, and, you know, face-offs are still a concern, you know, the odd play that he doesn't get right, sort out, whatever. Then he makes a brilliant defensive play in Chicago that leads to a goal. And you're thinking, okay, he's back. Um, but then again, then there's another step. Yeah, but he's 21 years old. Yeah. This is what you get. He's yeah. still developing player. It's going to be great. Um, so that's kind of where that is. So it'd be interesting to see. I think maybe it's time to to look at different combinations. Maybe there's a staleness, you know, and and with the injuries, it just adds to it. Um, Burkowski's with the team. Um, he's practicing. Um, they're off here on Sunday. Um, I think some at some point in the homestand, it's return to full practice and then go from there. So I don't think that's too far off. But when he does come back, what does it look like? Um, and it's too bad they're going to live without shorts now for an extended period, at least six weeks, it looks like. So yeah. uh, that's a blow, but that's the league. That's the way it is. Did Tana finish the night okay, by the way? Because he did get – I don't know. Again. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, I don't know if he's – 
you know, based on his character, I'm sure he's pushing the envelope to get back in the lineup. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's, I don't. Yeah. He got clunked again. I don't, I don't think he's a hundred percent. I have to be fair. Yeah. What's not to love about Yanni Gord? Well, he's tremendous, you know, he's, uh, and, and again, I don't, we talked about it in preseason when we talked about the captaincy, right. And, and potential, potential guys. Um, This player drives the team. Yeah. He really, he really does. And I think he's playing through something too. I don't think he's at full uh, tilt. But we never know, right? And so my rule of thumb, and I know it is yours too, you judge who's in the lineup. And if you've got a sweater on, you're playing. So, yeah. you know, it, it, we'll find out, you know, later in the offseason, whatever he was playing through. But he's probably he probably is. But he, he, he continues to be a constant. In a yeah. team that's filled with, you know, inconsistencies, he's, he's consistent. So that's good. He's a madman. You'd never know yeah. if he was hurt because he'd never show it. He would never let you know. He just plays his ass off, which is right. That's all he does. You get 20 guys doing that. Right. You're rocking and rolling. Which right. And that's question. another, that's, an, that's another thing before you get to the next question. That's another thing that I see. Where is the pushback at times? Yeah. You know, where, where is that? Um, they, they need a little, little jump start, a little more caffeine. Something's got to happen here um, to see, to see that there's lulls in their energy at times, which is surprising to me. Need to start crushing some people. You know, it was interesting last night watching Calgary and uh, Vancouver after watching the Kraken. Before Vancouver acquired Nikita Zadorov, they already led the league in hits. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me that they have the record that they do under Rick Tockett, given the way they play. Mm -hmm. And physicality is part of it. And physicality is part of Stanley Cup champion rosters each and every year. And you have to have that pushback. You have to go after guys when, you know, you're getting pushed around. Every player's capable of it. You don't have to have a team filled with heaviness and toughness and all those things. Yeah. That's hard to find in today's game anyway. But every player is capable of finishing a check. Yeah. And certainly that's what you see in the playoffs. It's hard to do that over 82 games, but it has to be there. It has to be part of your DNA. Yeah. And with this group, I'm not sure that it always is. Right. You know, the want to seems to be there to skate and check and I mean, defensively check, but physically check body contact. And when you need a, when you get scored on, where's the pushback? You know, where's it coming from? Right. And they're still searching for that part of their identity. Hopefully it reveals itself. Um, they, they, they should need a moment. You know, if, if they get into a skating game with Montreal tomorrow night, it's going to be dangerous. I saw the Habs play last week against um, Columbus, and it was a it was a skating style and a pace that is is pretty high. They yeah. they they fly around. They're well coached. Um, you don't want them to get comfortable again. Similar to what happened with Ottawa, you allow the opponents to get in a groove, and then you see what happens. And getting back to physicality, and maybe it led to Schwartz's injury. I don't know, but that big hit against Calgary when the team was asleep. Um, he went in there, I think it was Uyghur he finished. Uh, he got in there and pummeled him up against the boards. I mean, that's out of character for Jaden Schwartz, you know, but th- that's a player stepping out of his element to lay the body to say, okay, we need a little something. Uh, you know, Cartier's got to do it. You know, Yamamoto can give a little bit more if he's supposed to be a feisty player and tenacious like he says and others do. You got to do it. You got to do it on a consistent basis, especially in that role, in the role of a, a support fourth line guy, you know. 
Yeah, and Yamamoto's a little bit snake bit as well. Well, I mean, he's got to create his own chances. Yep. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing. What I see with him is when he's had his good games, he's going and he's part of the he's part of the fight. He's 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 battling, you know, for a smaller player. He's pretty good on the boards and he he can. And again, he talks to it. He speaks to it all the time about how he sees himself as a tenacious player. Well, bring it, you know, bring it as much as you can, you know, and uh, and then the other stuff will happen. He gets plenty of time in the power play. Yep. So, you know, you, you would think he would find the mark and then he'd go from there. But yeah, he's, I think he's six games without a point now. Yeah. Yeah. Something get like that. Get involved and the points will follow. Right. One of the things I brought up at the end of last season that was helpful to the club's efforts was the fact they had such a healthy blue line. That has repeated itself. I believe they've used six defensemen. All year. Same pairings. All year. Almost through the Every third year. of the season. So the question mm -hmm. comes up. Great thing to be healthy. Great thing to have consistency and relationships and chemistry. Do we need to change anything back there? I don't know if you need to change the pairings, but you might want to look at, you know, Dumoulin and Schultz, and and you might want to just uh, spell one of them. Uh, Schultz plays in the power play, so maybe not him. Maybe Dumoulin needs a, a break, and maybe just to get Magna an opportunity to get in the lineup. Yeah, you have, have an extra defenseman here all season who hasn't played one game. Yep. I was shocked he didn't play against San Jose, his former team. I thought maybe they put him in there, give him a chance to be part of it. Um, sometimes just a change is, is good to change. Um, it, the way the top four are, I, I don't think they can afford to move any of that. You know, Dunn's been good. Dunn can be better. Uh, Larson's been good. He can be better. Uh, Oleksiak and Borgen have been pretty good. They've yeah. been pretty good stem to stern to this point. Alexiak's had a very good season, uh, top five in blocks. Uh, and Will Borgen, when it comes to compete, and 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 we talked about being tenacious, he's all of that. Yeah. Very good. By the way, uh, there's some mites. There's a mite tournament about to start. And they want to get on the ice, John. So here comes that sound that I know you hate. Oh, the buzzer. No, oh, it's too. Don't mind it today. Always mead your ice time's over. That's okay. Yeah. Time to get a hot chocolate. Hey, you're in Montreal, dude. Go out and have some fun. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Good stuff. It's hey, buddy. A, it's like Dr. Forsland with you with the prognosis. So, there you go. <laughs> so, there you go. Let's hope we, we turn it around through triage and treatment. Thank you very yep. much. Enjoy the game. We'll be watching, and we'll see you back at the Climate Pledge Arena. John Forsland, ladies right. and gentlemen. Simmer and Forsland.